Hi, this is Rachel McElroy. Hello, this is Griffin McElroy. And this is wonderful. And this is wonderful. This is a show we talk about things that we like, things that are good, things that we're into. And this week is a special, it's a very special episode this week. Ooh. And when I think about what makes it special. <laughs> this is the talented improv skills of Griffin McElroy. This, when I think about what makes this episode very special, uh-huh. it's, it seems to me yeah. as if uh, we, uh, what, when I, when, this episode that we're doing right now. Oh, the pacing. You're listening to it right now uh-huh. and you are, a, but because you're listening to it, you're part of it. Yeah. You're, you're in it with us too. Like you're not making it listener at home, but in a way you are. Because can I say what I think makes please. it special? Yeah. <laughs> I bought a new duvet cover. <laughs> it came today. It's been a while since we've had to bust out the air horn. It's running low <laughs> on compressed air, so it's it's yeah. not as vibrant a sound. But yeah, you did buy a new duvet cover. Our last one was this sort of mustard color, and then yeah. you brought you bought I would say a marigold colored headboard for our bed and then when you put the the comforter down on it it was like this looks outrageous yeah it was it was a little yellow on yellow um i will say so everything is smaller outside of texas true and so we needed a smaller headboard for our smaller wall space that we now have to put our bed against yes so i got the smaller headboard and then we got out the old old duvet and it's just it was a clash of the titans primary colors had to switch her up but yeah it's so that's why it's a very special episode it's because of the duvet cover yeah (laughs) um this is a show where we do talk about that. I'm so t- I'm so tired, babe. I'm trying. Well, listen, we try to keep it pretty posy here around these parts, but this di- this ding dang baby of ours is really uh, ringing every last drop of parenting juice out of us that we have in our bodies. He makes me feel like a mad scientist because I feel like if I find the right combination of things, he will sleep through the night every night. Yeah. Uh, And so I've been playing around a lot with how much food and what food and how much milk. You have to balance his humors just so. When the milk would happen and what pajamas and what bedtime. pH balance of the, the, yeah. (laughs) And what uh, nap time. I really feel like, you know what, I need to get myself a dry erase board. And oh, I yeah. need to just list out all of the factors and all of the combinations yeah. and then identify which combinations have the most success. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm not going to BS y'all. I'm pretty, ti- I'm pretty tired right now. Have been for a minute. And I know my lovely wife is too. But we're going to come out here swinging because it's a special episode for reasons we've out- already <laughs> vis the duvet uh-huh. cover. Do you have any small wonders? Oh, man. Um... I can do, do one. You, yeah, go first, please. Uh, the, the bear. And that's my funny way <laughs> of, that's my joke that I'm pretty sure I'm the first one to do about the show The Bear on, uh, I guess, FX yeah. by way of Hulu, I believe. Yeah, we're watching it through Hulu. We're a little late to this show. Very late to this show. We're late on a lot of the the, the, the good drama that's happening on television right now, but uh yeah, it's a show about a highfalutin food and wine magazine chef who uh, returns to Chicago 
to help run his family's Chicago beef, his family's ailing Chicago beef restaurant. Yeah. Uh, and it was I, sold to us as a, like a very anxiety inducing television show, which is why we were hesitant to yeah, take it Yeah, I don't like on. that. I don't need because that. Because for reasons understandable, we stopped watching shows like Ozark, for example, for that reason. But this is not Ozark. This is not Ozark. It's got a, <laughs> a, a, a this is a joke we tell a lot, but it's got a lot of heart. It really <laughs> yeah, does. It really does. Uh, and it's funny and it's got great characters, like really great characters. Yeah. Interesting dynamic between the characters. Yeah. Like, it's it, uh, it's phenomenal. I'm, I'm And also like real heavy handed with the Chicago, which does not hurt me. No, I love I mean, it does hurt from a like long a deep yeah, longing, longing. Uh-huh. i will say we talked about this last episode we watched that right above their chicago beef restaurant is a, a billboard from malort which feels like a, a bridge too far <laughs> and the the main character has the 773 area code tattooed on his arm love which it. is also it's so bit. good man we also talked about this it's been a kick-ass year for tv there have yeah. been so many good new TV shows, and I feel like we've talked about a lot of them on this, yeah, on this uh, podcast. But yeah, did you? Was that enough time for you to think of a small wonder, or you just got so excited to think about the bear? This is what happens: is that I start engaging with your topic, and then I I don't take that valuable thinking time, yeah, uh, to to do my thinking. Um, I mean, I'm let, let's just say, let's say, because I haven't said, and eventually will say. Uh, proximity here in D.C. to, uh, you know, high quality theater performances. Sure. We are going to go see a show later this month, and I am very, very excited about it. Me too. Uh, because that is not something that we did a lot. We did we did see touring companies in Austin of various productions, but... But uh, is it, that, that it, the D.C. theater scene for, I mean, I, I don't know why, maybe proximity to... New York, or maybe it's just always had its own thing going on here, but it's very rich, very, yeah. very rich and dynamic and exciting. Yeah. And I think it's, it's nice, you know, the weather here is starting to get kind of nasty and it's very easy to be like, oh my God, what have we done? Uh, when it is cold and rainy every single day. I love that shit. Uh, does it feed your dark soul? <laughs> it feeds the darkness in my soul. Yes. Yeah. Um, but reminding myself like how much more opportunity we have for a variety of arts and culture things yeah. is exciting. It's so dope. Uh, you go first this week. What okay. do you have for us today? So the thing that I have, and again, this is another thing where I thought we talked about it and I searched any number of keywords and could not find it. So I'm going to assume it's new. Uh, the idea actually came to me from watching the episode of The Bear last night. Oh. And that is the answering machine. Huh. There was There is an episode where a character talks about his outgoing message. Yes. Uh, and it made me think about answering machines and uh, just the whole phenomenon for a very brief window where people would have a machine that when somebody called and nobody on the landline picked up you could leave a voice message right i mean that does exist on cell phones too but gosh almighty gun to my head i do not know what my outgoing message is right now i assume it's i mean i'm talking about the old school like physical sure 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 but i mean we have a digital replacement for that essentially that lives inside of all of our phones i wanted i specifically wanted to tap into what the mcelroy household answering machine 
Do you recall? Pretty straight laced, if memory really? serves. Really, that's so yeah, surprising. Yeah, I'm pretty sure my mom ran a pretty uh, <laughs> no nonsense. So, like of... your dad would want to try out so many characters on that thing. I mean, he that was his job. You know, he didn't really bring his work home. <laughs> no. When he did very his, serious man at home. Uh, no, but I mean, he he wasn't doing skits on the answering machine. That yeah. was uh, I. I may be misremembering uh, because I have such a bad memory. But I, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure it was pretty uh, pretty straightforward. Pretty sure our mom handled most of the outgoing messages. We did not have an answering machine for what felt like a very long time. I don't know that we got one until I was in middle school or high school. That's uh, wild, babe. Yeah. So well, if someone called you and you weren't there, it was just like, just, try again I, later. Out of luck. <laughs> That's bananas. It was tough for me because I became a big phone person uh, around middle school where it was just like constantly like working through a variety of like social appointments with people via phone. And, uh, and you never like screened calls and stuff like that, which like you could not do without. Oh, no. Wow. No. The number um, of times that we would be home on the summer and the phone would ring and none of us would answer it. And then we'd go to voicemail and we would hear our mom coming in over the voicemail like, answer the phone. <laughs> You're like, oh, yeah. Yeah. No, we um, – I mean, and again, this is before caller ID. You know, this is before it was like built into the phones. I had a, a phone and it had like the little physical like tape deck yeah, in sure. it. And and I remember like working very hard on getting that that message just right. That's uh, that's very charming. That's very delightful. I do remember when I first got a cell phone, spending a, a lot of time and energy on that. Oh yeah. But honestly, in college, once I started working for like joystick, like I w- was using my phone for work so much that I couldn't do like a, a sk- one of my skits and sketches on it. I wanted oh, to keep yeah. it pretty straight laced. Because what if, you know, Reggie Fisame called me up like, hey, I got that new, I have a scoop for you. It's Mario Kart 50. <laughs> Griffin, I'm calling you specifically. Yeah. Because I want to tell you. And I don't want to be doing, a, you know, here's my, here's what, here's Jack Nicholson. <laughs> <laughs> you, we, can't, you can't handle this answering machine message, something like funny, but like that, but funny. Did you did you have anybody that did like the uh, hello? Oh, and yeah, then just like let it ride. <laughs> oh, really yeah, it's such a nightmare. I was going to talk about like the the applicable um, song. So, for example, one of my friends had her own private phone line, which I was super jealous of, and her answering machine was no doubt spiderwebs. Oh, that's fun. And I just remember thinking that was the coolest thing ever. It'd be cool if your name was Tyrone, and you could be like, <laughs> "You've called Tyrone." Yeah, and that would be, I guess, the extent of it. Um, uh-huh. So leave your <laughs> shit, by which I mean name a number, something like that. Yeah. But funny. Uh-huh. You're actually speaking to a, a profitable business that came out uh, around that time period. But I, I, before I get there, okay, I wanted to go back to kind of the, the origins of the answering machine. So the first one was in 1935. Good Lord. And it was a three-foot tall machine. <laughs> <laughs> Was it a wax cylinder that it would record all of your... When I say three-foot-tall machine, I mean it was just a refrigerator box with a person in it who answered uh-huh. the phone for you. <laughs> you would press a button, and the slot would open, and a dude would just be like, Jeffrey called. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, and then, you know, obviously that was like, you know, the kind of, I mean, like much technology, like nobody had it, you know, it was like a thing that like was tried in one place and one, one person could call and it was not widely distributable. Um, the, in 1971, there was a commercially viable answering machine that was only 10 pounds. Oh, nice. (laughs) And held 20 messages on a reel to reel type. Uh, and then uh, what made the huge difference was in 1984, there was a restructuring of AT&T. Yeah, I was going to say AT&T. How do you know that? My mom worked. I, oh. I'm pretty sure my mom worked at AT&T. Or I don't, I don't know. But I remember having a, we had an AT&T like machine in our home. Yeah. That was like, I, I, it was always there. <laughs> uh, okay, so... What I didn't know about, in 1984, uh, AT&T had been this monopoly uh, that controlled basically all telephones. Uh, and so there was not a lot of product out there competing. But in 1984, that was broken up. Uh, and then you could start buying things like at a, a Radio Shack, for example. So cool. you could like go get a, an answering machine and any kind of phone you wanted Uh and and really customize what was available to you. Uh, so the thing I was referring to, this profitable business, is Crazy Calls, uh, which is in the mid-1980s. Uh, and it was, you, you could buy these tapes that had like fun, outgoing messages on them. Oof, like kind fall. of like jazzy, like, uh, you know, parodies for example of popular songs but customized to ask someone to leave a message yeah was a- uh and this this was like a real thing it's it started in new york and when it first started they were selling between 200 300 cassettes a day uh just like minute one um and spending <laughs> every last cent of their profits on piles of cocaine big enough to snowboard down <laughs> i am assuming there was a Beethoven parody. Uh, there was a parody of the Twilight Zone. Uh, a parody of the song Boogie Woogie Bugle Boy. Oh, yeah. And an, infantation, an imitation of Humphrey Bogart. Oh, man, so funny. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I don't think I knew anybody with this, but I remember that being like the agenda was like how you could... I mean, you could do the straight lace, like, hello, you've reached the McElroy residence. No one's available to answer your call. Or you could really, you know, jazz it up. Really jazz it up with a funny Humphrey Bogart impression. (laughs) Uh, Yes, I mean, it's a small topic. um, But I I will say, obviously, it doesn't really exist anymore. As of 2004, 78% of Americans had voicemail. Uh, So... You don't really see anybody with the little tape in their house. Yeah. But uh, it was a charming time. It sure was. Yeah. Simpler time. Mm. There's a lot of shit we didn't have, though, that we do have now, and that's all pretty great. <laughs> you know, should, we, should we take a break? Computers. Yeah, I would love to. Griffin? Yeah. You know what's a shame? What? Is that when you order uh, meals to be delivered to you, they can only be for dinner. That's true because of the law. But wait, wait, what's this coming across our desk? The law is different now? (laughs) It's factor. 
These rebels are operating outside the boundaries of food law. <laughs> Factor has breakfast. They have midday bites. They have smoothies. Uh, there's lots of stuff you can get with Factor. What other things can you get with Factor? Well, I'm looking at this menu right now. They got a lot of tasty little options for you. I'm talking about artichoke and spinach chicken with roasted zucchini and tomato butter. Did you even know that butter could be tomato? <laughs> Not me. Shredded chicken and loaded mashed taters. With, I changed the word. They say potatoes, but I said taters, precious. With mushroom <laughs> gravy, smoked cheddar, uh, bacon, and Parmesan broccoli. Uh, this this menu is out of sight, and my mouth is just watering looking at these glossy JPEGs of tasty food. So head to factormeals.com slash wonderful50 and use code wonderful50 to get 50% off. That's code wonderful50 at factormeals.com slash wonderful50 to get 50% off. It can be intimidating trying to roll with the console cowboys in cyberspace. Um, there's always the worry that maybe they know something that you don't vis-a-vis um, website design or website functionality, and you think, that I could never be that. I could never be among their illustrious ranks. Griffin, if I wanted to build a website where I ranked my favorite episodes of Ghost Rider, would I be able to do that? Well, first of all, it would be the same list as everybody else's with the Julia Stiles <laughs> episode at the top. But yes, you can do that with Squarespace. It's the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. Every Squarespace website and online store comes with a suite of integrated features and useful guides that help maximize prominence among search results. Do you want to have special functionality, like maybe a members-only VIP club section of your website? You can do that. Do you want to sell stuff? Yeah, you can do that too. Do you want to have an online scheduler so that people you can, you can sell uh, your time yeah you can do that also anything is possible that's um there for the commercial the super bowl commercial they had that was my voice yelling anything is possible in the wow background. yeah not a lot of people know that hey head to squarespace.com slash wonderful pod for a free trial and when you're ready to launch use offer code wonderful pod to save 10 percent off your first purchase of a website or domain Got a couple Billy Bobs here, and I would love to read the first one because it is for future Bucky. It is from past Bucky who says, Dear future Bucky, I hope that you are doing well and that your research for your master's thesis is coming along. Have you decided where you want to go for grad school 2.0? You have made it through some very hard times recently, but you are so strong and I love you. Tonight, you should celebrate with some mac and cheese and a blizzard. Much love. When, first of all, Bucky, that's, that's, that's a, a, a killer plan of action. If you ask me. Yeah. Did you ever do that when you were living alone? Just like a box of mac and cheese all by yourself? I think you know enough about sort of the depths of my single depravity uh-huh. uh, that, that a box of macaroni and cheese represented far too much work oh, for the evening's <laughs> yeah. meal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think a mac and a cheese and a blizzard. A mac yeah. and a cheese and a blizzard. <laughs> the the great saying. Can't beat it. Can I read the next one? Yeah. It is for Jeno and Devo. It is from Matt and Mandel. Jenna and David, by now you are married. We're sure we had lots of fun dancing through wedding season. Thank you for introducing us to the McElroy world, being the best couple friends we could ask for, and always adventuring with us. We look forward to many more years of wine travels and spoiling each other's pets. Love your BCF, Amanda and Matt. I bet that that wedding was pretty lit from what I've heard through the grapevine. Jenna and Devo, I mean, yeah, that was the one that I heard about. They danced yeah, through the I mean, night. Th- those sound like party people. 
Jinno and Devo? Yeah. Yeah, babe. <laughs> Clearly, those are party people. And I'm just glad that they've taken some time out of their tight party schedule to apparently listen to some of our entertainment programming. It's an honor. <laughs> it is. Hello, dreamers. This is Evelyn Denton, CEO of the only world-class, fully immersive theme resort, Steeplechase. You know, I've been seeing more and more reports on the blogs that our beloved park simply isn't safe anymore. Mur murdered them? I'm gonna wreck it. They say they got mugged by brigands in the fantasy kingdom of Ephemera, or hijacked by space pirates in Infinitum. I mean, I could have a knife. My papa said that I needed to do a crime. Friends, I'm here to reassure you that it's all part of the show. These criminals were really just overzealous staff trying to make things a little more magical for our guests. We're just as safe as we've always been. This isn't a county fair, dreamers. This is Steeplechase. The Adventure Zone. Every Thursday at MaximumFun.org. Since the dawn of time, man has dreamed of bringing life back from the dead. From Orpheus and Eurydice to Frankenstein's monster, resurrection has long been merely the stuff of myth, fiction, and fairy tale. Until now. Actually, we still can't bring people back from the dead. That would be crazy, but the Dead Pilot Society podcast has found a way to resurrect great dead comedy pilots from Hollywood's finest writers. Every month, Dead Pilot Society brings you a reading of a comedy pilot that was sold and developed but never produced, performed by the funniest actors from film and television. How does Dead Pilot Society achieve this miracle? The answer can only be found at MaximumFun.org. What's your thing? Shrinking fiction. Shr size dimin diminution <laughs> in fiction. Narrative li belittling. So you're not talking about small society shrinking interest in, in novels and No, I'm work. talking about society shrinking in novels. Oh, like Honey, I Shrunk the Kids kind of, but yes. in a book. But in a book or a movie or a TV show. I mean, okay. fiction right. in, the, in, the, in the broader sense. I've been playing a game for besties this week that we're going to talk about and I guess you'll be able to listen to later called Grounded. That is like a survival game akin to Minecraft, but you're teens and you've been shrunk down in a backyard and the backyard is filled with bugs and plants and detritus for you to go around and repurpose as you try to survive in this world. And it's made me realize how much fun I think shrinking stories are. Stories where people get shrunk down or are shrunk down and have to interact with normal sized, not shrunk down stuff. Have you figured out what exactly is fun about it for you? Um, I think it's because it forces you to kind of look at the world in a different way, okay, like yeah. a comprehensive different way. And the also the oatmeal cream pies get so big. <laughs> yeah. It's like when you lay down on your back and you think about walking around on the ceiling. You ever do that? All the time. Yeah. All like the that. time. Uh, I thought there'd be a better name for this genre than shrinking size change fiction yeah. but um googling it turned up nothing but there's lots there's so many stories that lean on this trope uh one of the earliest like real deep dives in film was the 1966 sci-fi film fantastic voyage have you ever seen that one no it's the one where they get shrunk a, a team of scientists 
uh, getting a shrunk down submarine to do brain surgery on another scientist that has like military secrets, uh, but is like unconscious with a blood clot in his brain. So they have to shrink down and they have 60 minutes to like remove the blood clot. But there's like a saboteur aboard. It's a, it's a, it's a great flight. It does sound good. It's very good. Um, it is a wild movie. It's it, it establishes, I think, a lot of stuff in like a very specific part of shrink down fiction. So it, obviously, it went on to inform like inner space and I guess Osmosis Jones. I wouldn't count Osmosis Jones in this genre. That's like its own. We all know that that was the pioneer of like a bold new genre of um, immune system. Uh, storytelling. See, I was thinking Magic School Bus. Magic School Bus. I have much later in the article, but yeah, oh, Magic yeah, yeah. School Bus, obviously, like, they get small to study so many different things. Uh, and then in books, like, obviously, you got your Alice in Wonderland is a sort of, like, huge yeah. example. You have Gulliver's Travels, where you meet the Lilliputians. Yeah, I was trying to think if that was actually an example, because they're not, like... So they're not really interactive, but in that one, I guess it's a a big Gulliver... Yeah. interacting with a tiny, tinier world. But doesn't he go to a big world too? And he's the, I don't know. Yeah, I think that's true. But none of this is like time. supposed to be sci-fi, right? It's just supposed to be like, oh, he happened upon a world with Right. But it doesn't have to be sci-fi people. for it, right? Like The Borrowers is one of the like seminal like book yeah. pieces. I think there were like five Borrowers books in this series. Um, and it was just about a family, the clocks, I believe were their name, and they lived in the walls of a house. And so they borrowed things from the inhabitants of this, you know, bigger house than them to, to get by. I didn't realize Studio Ghibli made a movie called The Secret uh, Life of Varietti. Uh, and that is based on the borrowers. Ooh. Never put that together. Yeah. But, uh, that's a very charming film. Um, but yes. I mean, the real magic of little, little, tiny, shrunk down people exploring a big world, it was sort of really fully explored in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Uh, and it's, and, and it, to a lesser extent, it's sequels. Uh, Honey, I Blew Up the Kid, and then Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves. I don't think I saw any of the sequels. I did. I did. I think the reason they didn't make a fourth one is that. They ran out of reasons why someone would, <laughs> for one thing, like be friends with Wayne Selinsky at all. Like, yeah, he is operating obviously pretty well outside of like the ethical boundaries of science that have been established by society. But not only that, it's it's just like he's like, hey, will you help me move a couch? It's up in the <laughs> attic. You have to know that like. That's where the laser is. Yeah. And you will end up in front of the laser and you will get zapped by the laser. And now you're very small. And but at that point, it's the fourth time that it's happened. <laughs> so they couldn't, there's no like suspension of disbelief that can take place there where you're like, dude, that one was on me, Wayne. I know you. I know where you keep the laser. And I stood in front yeah. of it. Yeah. See, I think there's an opportunity to get real precise with the dial, right? So it's like, honey. I shrunk the kids two inches. Oh, wow. Or like, honey, now the kids are a foot bigger. Or kids, I shrunk the honey, and then it's like a <laughs> tiny little bottle of honey. That's it's a not really movie. good for anything. Whole yeah. movie. Um, but yeah, in these films, I mean, the first 
at the very least, is a classic. And I know that there's a, a, it's an old film at this point, and there's probably a lot of our listeners who have never watched it, but it's, it's, it's delightful. Do you think it still works? Do I think it still works? Like, is it one of those films that if you sat down to watch today, you would still enjoy it? I think so. I think so. I mean, it, you know, they, uh, kids get lost in a backyard and they befriend a big ant and it's like the best ant in any yeah. movie ever and then they really do find a big oatmeal cream pie that is uh it seems like the tastiest thing in the world it just i think we talked i think i did a segment on oatmeal cream pies where i referenced this film yeah but the thought of being able to just like stick my whole hand in the side of an oatmeal <laughs> cream pie and carve off some of its can i tell you if i found as an adult adult-sized person, a whole oatmeal cream pie that was just regular, I would be excited about that. So the I idea a of happening a upon a big point. one is is almost too good to be true. Um, there's just something magical about like imagining yourself being real, real, real little and interacting with the things in everyday life that you, you kind of take for granted. Do you ever go to that part of Disney? Yes, that's the best. Uh, that was one of my favorite things at Disney, and I don't know if they still have it at Disney World at least. They but they had a playground that was essentially... Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. And yeah. so you would climb around like mushrooms and logs and soda cans and there yeah. would be ants that you could climb around on. And it was dope. I was so sad that we couldn't find that because I bet Henry would like uh, Yeah, I mean, it. I'm sure the, the point of reference does not really exist for today's children. I guess uh, so. But I do remember that. <laughs> My parents have this picture of me just walking out of that just dazed. Yeah. Because like not only is it a very surreal experience, but you're also packed in there with like uh, 180 other kids. <laughs> yeah. I also would be remiss if I didn't mention the season of Dimension 20 we did uh, with, with Brennan called Tiny Heist yeah. where we played little people and bugs and toys and stuff in a in a regular size house. That was a lot of fun. But yeah, this is all inspired by this game that I've been playing with Justin. And, I was just playing it with Justin and Travis uh, called Grounded. Uh, and it's really good about like exploring all of these ideas of like you can cut down a dandelion and grab the puff off the top of it and then you can float around with it and it's oh, like very very nice. cool uh but yeah I, I like shrinking fiction it's fun it's a fun it's a fun thing and sometimes the oatmeal cream pies get like really big <laughs> really really big uh that's it thank you so much to bowen and augustus for these for our theme song money won't pay you can find a link to that in the episode description and thank you to you at home for listening to this program. We sure do appreciate you. We really do. I know that sometimes we get we get mean. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I feel like I'm pretty good usually at thinking about the words I'm going to say before I start talking. Yeah. But when I, there's like a latency I have like V-Sync turned on in my brain uh-huh. when I'm so sleep deprived uh-huh. that that's, even now, what I'm saying right now, it's it's jazz, essentially. Uh-huh. Mouth jazz. <laughs> <laughs> I said that pretty weird, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, you did. I'm just impressed that you keep the words going. You know, yeah. a lot of people would just stop, but not not you. <laughs> yeah. I, we get paid by word, per word.
MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.